Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. so shocking and surprising is that we both have been standing BTS for quite a while now Mm -hmm. and we are on our 70th episode (laughs) and neither of us have been to Big Hit Entertainment's official website. What the fuck? I didn't even know it existed. I never even even tried to look at it ever. I mean there was I guess no real reason to but for the producers episode, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look up like Big Hit Entertainment's official website. And I was just completely blown away by it because yeah. this website, it just looks expensive. And it's just incredible. If you guys have not gone to Big Hit Entertainment's official website, you should. It's BigHitCorp.com. But like it is so well laid out. And like the information that they provide on this website is just incredible and and like they give statistics and they like talk about how many employees they have and like the date of founding is like formally put on the front page of this website Mm -hmm. it's just so incredible yeah 250 employees does not seem like that big to me like that's a for what they do this is still Mm -hmm. a relatively like small company but I was just blown away at the information on the site like we never even fucking (laughs) have heard about the other ceo i mean i haven't right i haven't no i haven't i sent you a snapchat like how have i not known that big hit has another ceo like a co-ceo with bang shiyuk and his name is linzo yoon and we'll talk about him more in this episode but just I learned a lot by going to this website and I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Love it. Go check it out. (laughs) Yeah, definitely go check it out. It's really cool. Uh, So by the way, welcome back, guys. Yeah, welcome back. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Yes. Yes. Welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about BTS. What a wonderful hour it is, too. But disclaimer, this is a comedy fangirl podcast. That means that we're going to fangirl, laugh, and learn a little bit along the way. Yep, that's right. This is an explicit podcast, though. So if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some Park Jimin with his hand in the air and his hip exposed is like oh. the best fucking thing mm-hmm. in the whole world. This is from Wimbley Night 2, right? Oh, yes. That he I did mean, this. really like every, he does it almost every like 
concert. I just can't. I'll yeah, never be over the, it. The skin on his hip is showing just mm-hmm. a little bit more than usual. And mm-hmm. it's a lot to, to take in. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> or I still cannot fathom how BTS started their career recording in a garage. And now they have sold out eight stadiums across the globe. Fuck. You're like not even exaggerating recording no, in the garage. No, not. That is that is the truth. Like that's factual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you, <laughs> so if you guys are here to talk, you know, about all of those things, then you're in the right place. Uh, in today's episode, we are talking about the big hit producers. Um, we have wanted to talk about them for a long time. Suddenly, we're at episode seventy, and we haven't talked about them. And it, it's I'm just truly blown time. away that that we have gotten to our seventieth episode. And not have done an episode on the producers yet. Yeah, because they're really the backbone and maybe even foundation of BTS and in the, like, especially with the music creation process, they're so important. Mm -hmm. So we're so excited to talk about them today. Yeah, this is going to be an incredible episode. Mm -hmm. Very research heavy, but we loved every moment of it. Yeah, we really enjoyed the research, both of us. Like, it was very exciting and we're super uh, happy to tell you guys about it. But before we get into it, we have to thank you wonderful amazing armies for being here and for supporting us if you are a fan of this show and you want to show your support for us you can do that by telling people about this podcast uh by writing a review on itunes or apple Podcasts as well and if you want to go above and beyond and show us a little more support you can do that by donating monthly to our patreon at patreon.com slash standing bts Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standingbtspodcast. Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out weekly episodes. And we just are super grateful that you all are here listening. And a special shout out to all of our patrons. You guys are really incredible. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Okay, let's get into our content of the week. Mm -hmm. And we both kind of have the same ones to talk about but first I'm gonna share uh just the the festa photos that were released Mm -hmm. I love them so much like when they came out I sent it to you and I was like yo this is gonna be my content of the week because (laughs) I just love the concept behind them like I think it Mm -hmm. amazingly represents each member's like different style and their own songs and like Mm -hmm. what they bring and I loved it Yeah. And even their personalities a little bit, like their actual true personalities and seeing the, the contrast between two different members, like repetitively over and over. It's just a really neat concept. Like that contrast or like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like so much. We could talk about it for literally 20 minutes, but Mm -hmm. I thought they, I think they had a Yoongi and Namjoon one too. And that Mm -hmm. one I was really struck by. Yeah. Uh, So my content of the week is also your content of the week because when this (laughs) happened, you actually sent it to me and I was like, content of the week. Like, well, I'm already putting it in the doc. I'm working on the doc right now. So, Uh, but it's definitely both of ours. It is the young forever secret mission at Wembley stadium from, I believe night two. Was it night Mm -hmm. two? Yeah. 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 So it was a secret mission to surprise BTS by having all of ARMY there at the concert to sing the chorus of Young Forever right after the Uh, Mint and right before the last song, Microcosmos. 
Like, literally, BTS is getting ready for Microcosmos to start playing. Mm -hmm. And then the screens change and say ARMY sing and put up, uh, you know, like video footage of BTS and lyrics on top and bottom of the chorus of Young Forever. And, oh my God, this moment was just... I cried. I cried watching it. I I definitely teared up watching it. And it was... It was emotional because you could see that the members were actually really just surprised and shocked to be hearing it. But it's also Young Forever. That song gets me, me and the too. chorus of it, too. And I and I think it just puts everyone in their feels. So for BTS to be up there and they're like, I think they get just as emotional as we do when we have to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're already like getting to that point. And then ARMY surprises them by singing the chorus of Young Forever at the second night of the largest stadium that they have uh, historically ever sold out. It's just, it is a historical moment and it was so impactful and powerful and incredible. Yes. I, I don't <laughs> think that I'll ever be over it. Like I just, I mm-hmm. love that that happened so much. I don't know if I told you, but I actually like, I was watching a live stream and I was already like, pre-decided to go on a hike before I found a live stream on accident on Twitter like I was not looking (laughs) on accident (laughs) I wasn't looking I was just scrolling through Twitter like getting ready to go on the hike and so I went on the hike anyways because I was like I plan to go I'm going like I want to go tire my dog out and Mm -hmm. anyways and explore I went to some new trails beside the point but at Swope Park no well yeah at Swope Park but it was like um at a different (laughs) part of it it was like at a nature reserve part of Swope Park. Like it wasn't the normal trails that you and I had been to. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, when I got back, I caught the end of the live stream. Like I caught this, I just caught like this part and um, yeah. microcosmos. And I just, wow, I couldn't believe like wow. that it was happening right then. Like I, yeah. it was, I can't, I'd like all of the people who were there, who got to experience that like in person and be a part of it and be a part of that. Like, wow, that's like one of those moments that we like as a group collectively, we're going to look back and be like, mm-hmm. wow, that was really special. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was historic mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Well, you want to get into this episode? Yeah. About let's talk BTS. about these producers. Big hit producers. All right. (laughs) So BTS and Big Hit, they have collaborated with many producers and many producers even across the globe. But there is a set of Big Hit Entertainment producers that consistently help write, produce, and compose the majority of BTS songs alongside with the BTS members themselves. Mm -hmm. Um. The producers, however, that we're going to cover today are those kind of like main group of people, which consists of Bang Shiyuk, P-Dog, Supreme Boy, Slow Rabbit, and Adora. And I saw that from some interviews, Slow Rabbit actually coined their nickname as the Big Hit Family. Oh my God, I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we will get into in this episode, they really are. Uh, and they yeah. really, I mean, a lot of them have worked together for so long. And, anyways, yeah, like pre debut. Yeah. <laughs> so we used a ton of different sources. I think one of the main things that we, uh, or the main reasons why we put off this episode for so long was because we felt like, oh my gosh, it's going to 
take it's going to be so difficult to research oh, there's it's gonna not going to be, gonna heavy. be yeah. it's going to be heavy it's going to be hard and we do have a lot of sources so we just want to talk yeah. about them obviously mm-hmm. big hit corporation website discog.com cultscene.com with a k all kpop.com wikipedia pages for big hit entertainment bang shi yuk and women in south korea uh army's amino bam uh users bambi gone cherry bay tay which is such a cute name so and cute. <laughs> and kimmy and also a youtube video called a guide to bts producers by junie toon an article from billboard.com and adora's twitter as well as um Oh, an uh, article from the Korea Times. And also, um, our friend Grace, who listens to the podcast, but she has definitely become our friend. Uh, oh, yeah. She so kindly assisted with us in uh, Korean translations and pronunciations on this episode. And she yeah. even sent us a, she emailed us a sound Yeah, she bite. went above and beyond for this. Oh my this. god. I thought she was gonna, I was just expecting, I DM'd her on Twitter just to text me back like romanization pronunciations Mm -hmm. or something that's all i was expecting and she she bethany she went (laughs) out to her car to get a better acoustic sound so it sounded more professional i'm telling you she did did. she tell you this on twitter she did she's so amazing and she sent us you guys the most amazing little clip of her pronouncing their names and uh we hope that we can do it correct and we just really want to thank you grace you're incredible. Okay. So we are going to start with Bang Shiyuk, also known as Bang PD, Hitman Bang, Bang PD Nim, and Mr. Bang. Mm-hmm. So he was born on August 9th, 1972. He's currently age 46. Uh, he has some social media accounts. Uh, the only one that we could really find for sure was Twitter mm-hmm. and he is at hitman B. And as you all probably already know, hitman bang is the founder of big hit entertainment, which was founded on February 4th, 2005. He's the head executive producer, head of label sector and co-CEO of big hit alongside with Linzo Yoon, who is also the co-CEO. Which, mm-hmm. just a little bit of background on Linzo Yoon. He's the head of the business sector of Big Hit, and he joined the company back in 2010. So he's, I feel like, since he's the head of the business sector, I think Big Hit was making, got to the point where they were making so much money and whatnot, and like it just became, I think, too much for bang pd to right you know, to handle it on, for him to on his own yeah for him to work in the music in the capacity that he wanted to and with the artists in the capacity that he wanted to and also run the business that makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense i also don't know if he has any prior experience or education on business mm-hmm. but i feel like for something like this you definitely need someone like that to be a part of the group for sure oh yeah mm-hmm. uh so Linzo Yoon's job description, he is, quote, in charge of global business, multimedia content and IP business and platform business. So he definitely is a big contributor to big hit entertainment, but not necessarily on the producer side at all. But I just kind of wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out because we have never 
talked about him before and we really didn't find out about him until recently. Yeah. And I feel like that is just a massive injustice and oversight by us for (laughs) so long that we just had, I mean, we never even thought to look. So Mm -mm. there he is. Um, Mm -hmm. We just want to list some honors and awards. Some of them, not all of them that uh, Bang Shihook has. Um, so he was selected as one of 2018 Billboard's 73 international power players. Wow. He was selected as 2018's uh, Variety's international music leader, selected as the 2019 Billboard Music's new power generation, 25 top innovators. He won producer of the year at Mnet's Asian Music Awards in 2018, won the Producer Award at both Soul Music Awards and Genie Awards in 2018 as well. And finally, he also won the Best Songwriter Award um, at Melon in 2006 and 2016. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's not just even... some. Yeah. That's not all of them. No, those are like his most recent, but he was... Um, he's been in the game for a long time. He's been in the business for a long time and he had other groups before BTS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're going to get into a little bit of his history here because I found this to be really interesting because I was always curious to why, uh, bang PD was just able to separate himself from the K-pop industry and just start this company on his own, which I think many people do, but I I'm curious to why he was so successful Mm -hmm. compared to like the other big three, you know, just being this like independent on its own company, which there's a lot of that, but like his just really blew up. Right. Cause there's a lot of little small companies that like don't ever become big or like become super successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Big Hit Entertainment has made it really large, strongly because of BTS's success. But like even TXT has made a lot of success since their debut. For sure. So prior to BTS, the establishment of Big Hit, we're just going to cover here because it's really prominent for Bang PD. But uh, he debuted as a composer while in college. So that's kind of like what he studied and what he aspired to be. Shortly after he actually met Park Jin Young, which is JYP's CEO, which is one of the big three. Did not know this. I'm surprised I didn't know this. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So they collaborated often and they partnered together as like a songwriting duo. And then shortly after that, Park ended up founding his own company, JYP Entertainment. And actually, Bang PD joined him as a composer and helped arrange and produce music for mm-hmm. JYP entertainment. Yeah. Um, and so these two together, they actually founded the first generation K-pop group G.O.D. Some of G.O.D.'s most famous songs whose soundtrack was arranged by Bang himself, Mr. Bang included the songs One Candle and Road. So this ended up being like a pretty successful first generation K-pop group for it being mm-hmm. just so fresh, so new. I mean, we're talking like, late 1990s, early 2000s, really, really early 2000s. For just to be starting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, K-pop really isn't known at this point. No. It's somewhat known, like, especially, you know, internationally. Like, I think it was somewhat known in Korean culture, but, you know, I'm not sure about, like, internationally, just how well known it was. Yeah. So, Bang Shi Yuk's 
stage name, Hitman, actually originated from this period when G.O.D. enjoyed like the success of one of their country's best-selling and most popular boy bands of the early 2000s. So it ended up earning him and JYP, Mr. Parks, the reputation of like hit makers. And wow. so that's where he got the nickname Hitman Bang. I wonder if people call JYP Hitman Park, like if they still do or, you know. Yeah. That's so interesting, though. What mm-hmm. a fun I fact. I just did not know that he had this history with Park Jin Young. I had no idea. Yeah. I feel like it's, I feel like maybe I've seen it floating around or like I've, I, but I've never read anything concrete like that said mm-hmm. this until we were putting together this episode and I mm-hmm. looked at what like we had and yeah, I had no yeah. idea, but I guess it makes sense. Like, how are you going to, it makes total it'd be sense. very difficult to just start out in the industry with nothing. Yeah. Like and no experience. Completely irrelevant. No one knows you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At least like him starting his company, he's worked at a big successful company and with mm-hmm. a very successful group at that point. Mm-hmm. And so this is just one little additional fun fact that kind of makes, it just makes a lot more sense now knowing his involvement with JYP entertainment. So in 2010, big hit and JYP signed a joint contract over some of their groups. And that is why in like prior, like way prior pre debut BTS Mm -hmm. you see them in some of the music videos from groups that were associated with JYP including like 2AM so if you go back and like I mean I had seen clips of this like BTS members in other you know K-pop music videos and I just never knew why that was ever a thing but it's actually because there was a contract between Big Hit and JYP wow totally off topic but I mean, kind of on topic, but didn't, <laughs> didn't Hosok like leave JYP to join Big Hit? And they I had, believe it was JYP, but I can't right? remember the group. Yeah. And they had yeah. this joint contracts and we, at the time when we were talking about that in that episode, we were like, you know, I wonder if it like cost him anything to like break contract because we had talked about like pre-debut like when idols were you know debuting if they wanted to leave they would have to like yeah. repay the company that was and our trainee life episode that we yeah. talked about that yeah that was a good episode that was research heavy Thinking but i back. loved that episode but like yeah i, I maybe just he I didn't, didn't have to because yeah. they had like this joint contract maybe you know bang pd was just like hey I want to put him in a group and Mm -hmm. like let him come be a trainee over here. Like it kind of seems like maybe big hit and JYP benefited off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like they, they wrote songs together. They definitely had worked together in the past and even had worked when JYP was established. So I could see that definitely happening. Like I think they at least get along to some extent. I would, I would assume. Yeah. So (laughs) Big Hit Audition started in 2010 and he debuted his first boy group BTS in 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, On every single album, Bang Shiok contributes 
two songs by either writing, uh, producing, and or composing, or any combination. Um, mm-hmm. He has a large impact on BTS's music, especially in the early years. And I think also mm-hmm. especially with like their message or like the topics that they're wanting to convey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think he has a huge say in BTS music to this day, but his involvement with the actual production of the music, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, for sure. Like how much he contributes now. Right. I mean, it's a bigger company now and there's more things that he needs to be doing, but I do like, he definitely meets in with them and talks with them and like makes sure that they're doing okay. And Mm -hmm. anyways. Okay. Um, so overall, uh, Bang Shiyuk, Bang PD, Hitman Bang, all of his nicknames, Mr. Bang, he is, uh, both a leader and also one of just the main players in BTS's music. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the founder yeah. of Big Hit Entertainment. Right. Yeah, well uh, said. we had to talk about him first. <laughs> right, obviously. Uh, so next up, we're going to talk about P-Dog. And P-Dog, he had to come second because he really is, we think, so, so important. And mm-hmm. he's one who's been there since before BTS debuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so, and we really contemplated whether we wanted to put P-Dog or Supreme Boy next, but... Just with how much P-Dog has contributed, we just felt that we really should talk about him first. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's done a lot for BTS and Big Hit. So his real name is Kang Yo Wong. His birth date is the 19th of September in 1983. So right now he's 34. Uh, He's a producer, songwriter, instrumentalist, vocalist, and engineer. So like a sound engineer. His Mm -hmm. studio, like the name of his studio where he produces is called Dog Bounce. He has a few social media. He has Instagram, PDog428, and his Twitter is at PPDog. His uh, overall production style is said to be more fast tempoed. Uh, And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about like the songs that he contributed to or is really known for uh Mm -hmm. he has been associated with big hit and bts since pre-debut uh he was recruited by bang shiuk through an internet cafe uh we're not sure on the source on that but that's just what we found we've seen that over and over but the actual original source we have no idea where it came from so that may or may not be true right it might just be interesting perpetuated (laughs) interesting myth um but he uh so he's just been a main player from the beginning Mm -hmm, yeah so p-dog contributes to the majority of the songs on all of bts's discography and he's also contributed to a lot of mixtapes including j-hope's hope world yoongi's august d mixtapes and even some of namjoon's mixtapes as well so not only has he contributed to BTS's music, he's contributed to the rap lines, individual mixtapes, and then also he's contributed to vocals in songs, including Mic Drop, Danger, and So What. So I need to go and find like a, what are those videos? The hidden like vocals. The hidden vocals, it's yeah. Not, even though it's not <laughs> hidden vocals, it's just the background vocals. Like if you have seven people plus sometimes producers and their their vocals to work with, like there's going to be a lot of layering in there, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's so, like I would have never known that he was in those songs. I wouldn't have either. And 
I, I just read that, you know, somewhere and now I'm like curious to go and listen right. to, to hear what he sounds like. Cause I'm not entirely sure if I've ever heard him sing. Right. We should, uh, we should find one and link it in the description. Yeah. That's a really good idea. We should do that. So the awards that he has won, he's won three Best Producer Awards in 2018, including Guyon Chart Music Awards, Asian Artist Awards, and Mnet Asian Music Awards. He also won Composer of the Year at the Guyon Music Chart Awards in 2018. And we found this really incredible article from the Mm -hmm. Korean Times who said that prior to the award ceremony, the, I guess for the Guyon Music, well, I don't know. It was sometime in 2018, some award show. But the Korea Music Copyright Association announced that the recipients of their royalties awards, in which they honor the composers and lyricists who have earned the most in music royalties in 2018. Yeah, and he he was obviously a recipient of one of those awards. So he mm-hmm. earned the most, he was the, like the first winner. He earned the most royalties from his music in 2018, yeah. which is like, wow. Like he makes good shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we looked up all of the producers for this episode on like to see if there was another Korea Times article on any of them. And like we kind of really struggled to find any. So the fact that they wrote this really thorough, well-written article about P-Dog just like had us get like so much respect for him. Just yeah. so, so much respect. Yeah. The dude, like he knows what he's doing. Uh, Mm -hmm. he obviously makes great songs. We're going to talk about some of his most, like some of the songs that we like the most that he's made and Mm -hmm. just kind of talk about that right now because he, Mm -hmm. I mean, we were just blown away. Like after reading that article, I was like, dude, he's really one of the top producers in Mm K-pop and Mm -hmm. like he's working with BTS. That's crazy. That's, su- I mean, just super fortunate. Um, mm-hmm. So he's worked on DNA, Fake Love, and Idol. So those big three from the Love Yourself era. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also is, he's really known for those fast tempoed kind of like, hi- I want to say like hype songs. Yeah. Like We Are Bulletproof Part 2, No More Dream, Bapse, uh, yeah. Dope, like, you know. Yeah pretty mm-hmm. much all of their hit Even tracks going all the way back to like no more dream he is yes. worked on yes all of I, I feel like <laughs> i feel like like all of the hit tracks like really um yeah. but he also he he's worked on like a few of the slower songs or more calm but definitely like really popular ones like two three uh he's mm-hmm. also on spring just day. One day just one day yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. obviously he's multi-talented he can write and produce all sorts of different kinds of music but he is kind of known to be more heavily involved in the more upbeat faster tempoed songs for sure um and definitely all of those that we know and keep coming back to and still listen to today in 2019 over and over and over (laughs) before this before recording this episode i watched and listened to fake love and i'm like wow i missed here oh my god i missed here tear is so good it was too short Ugh. damn tear was such a great era okay 
Moving on, the next producer we're going to talk about is Supreme Boy. His real name is Shin Dong Yuk. He was born April 15th, 1994, so he's actually part of the 94 line, which I think makes a lot of sense when we get into some of the songs that he's worked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name for his studio is The Supreme Escape, which I think sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. Like, it just sounds great. Um, but he has a couple of social media accounts as well. His Instagram is supremeboy underscore core, K-O-R. His Twitter is at supremeboy94. So he is said to produce more of like the hip hop and rap line songs, the more like strictly hip hop kind of music. Like he's heavily associated with the ciphers. Oh, um, yeah. So those kinds of songs. He originally was a part of the BTS lineup, but actually decided to be a producer for Big Hit instead. So he kind of backed away from that trainee life and decided to just produce because probably because it's what he truly loves to do. Yeah, for uh, sure. I, so, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Mm-hmm, yeah, just we've gotten I feel like we've gotten a more feel for Supreme Boys since doing this research. And I could see that he would just be much more a fan of like the producer life and the like underground hip hop rap scene. So Supreme boy and RM actually have a long history together. Uh, I didn't really find any sources for this, but I have heard that they like were friends, like maybe in high school around Mm -hmm. then or even before that. So they've known each other since before BTS, before big hit And they actually really got to know each other through the underground hip-hop scene. So Supreme Boy, he was a part of a rap crew called D&H, which is shortened for De Nap Yup, which translates to Great Southern Joseon, which is Korea's like last dynasty, but Great Southern Joseon Hip-Hop Cooperative, which is a mouthful, (laughs) which is... Voice it's a mouthful like, in English, mouthful. but I don't. I don't think it's a mouthful in Korean. <laughs> Probably not. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so, as far as we know, this group is no longer active. But there's like some other theories that it's like evolved. But on cultscene.com, a blog in from January 2015, written by Alexis Hodeyan Gastelum. She said that RM was associated or part of Daynap Yup for a little bit, but was rarely a part of their actual music because he was so busy with BTS. That's interesting that he was a part of that group or that he was set. It's said that Namjoon was a part of that group too, because mm-hmm. that's not really something that like, I wouldn't say that anyone is talking about a song that he put out with them or mm-hmm. that I've really necessarily ever seen that. And I've seen like pictures of this group. I've mm-hmm. heard like some of their music. And when I listen to it, it's like, it's intense. And it's like true underground hip hop, raw music. Yeah, And I do believe that Namjoon was a part of that scene at some point, but where he is now and where he is today, it is really hard for me to imagine that he was a part of this group, but he was. Yeah. And I, and I'm pretty sure that he, he really actually was a part of this group. 
like he's had pictures with them, including J-Hope. J-Hope is, he wasn't a part of the group, but he like hung out with the people from that group, the members. Yeah. It's just a totally different scene or like a totally different vibe from where he's at today. But I definitely Mm -hmm. think like, you know, around debut time, maybe Mm -hmm. after debut, like I think like that's totally would have been like right up his alley. So Supreme Boy is also a part of a hip hop group that's like an underground crew that's called Rock Bottom, which we've seen on like Army Amino and on Reddit posts that Rock Bottom is potentially DNH just Mm rebranded, that now it's got like different members and that it's just kind of evolved. Uh, So it's also rumored that this group is on a hiatus due to busy schedules. But all of this kind of stuff is just like, it's really hard to find strong factual sources that support a lot of these these things and claims. But uh, from what I've gathered, they probably are on a hiatus. I'm sure Supreme Boy is very busy with Mm -hmm. just big hit entertainment. (laughs) For sure. But also, yeah, yeah, like it would make sense for like that whole this. These are very like far out theories, maybe like we don't have credible places from where they come from. But Mm -hmm. it does make sense. Like if I mean, just naturally over time, people have different responsibilities there. You know, people Mm -hmm. go in and out of the group. They change their group name to maybe like, you know, talk about different things or whatever. Makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So since pre-debut, Supreme Boy has been one of Big Hit Entertainment's main producers, writers, composers, mixing engineer, and recording engineers. Uh, He is also a rapper, and of course we know that he had a few verses in songs such as Cypher Part 3 and J-Hope's Hang San, which is one of my favorite songs. That song is so fucking good. Mm. Um, (laughs) It's so hype. It's so hype. Uh, He continues, I must really like Supreme Boy songs, like, sidetrack, because... Yeah. You love Cypher Part 3. I love Cyphers, you know? Like, I name those songs as, like, favorites in that picking our favorite episode singling out songs i think it's what we titled it (laughs) wow um so when in doubt we always go with alliteration we love alliteration if you haven't noticed ship series fanfic files it's like a thing (laughs) run replay (laughs) god okay um Still to this day, Supreme Boy continues to produce and write his own music. He also occasionally posts songs to his SoundCloud. Uh, Some of his songs include KFC, Photoshop, and Hawaii. And we will uh, link his SoundCloud in the description as well if you want to check out his SoundCloud. Have you listened to any of these songs? No, I did not get a chance. But you told me that I should. And you also told me (laughs) that they were very hype. I'm so sorry. They were intense. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. The KFC song, like the little picture for it was like, what is that guy's name from KFC? (laughs) Colonel Sanders? Yeah. It was like him either smoking a cigar or a blunt. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I, I just loved it, but it just... I feel like that really kind of gives us the feel of like Supreme, Supreme Boy's Boy. personality. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's all style. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so right, let's talk so about some of those songs. Into, yeah. Some of yeah. the songs that he's helped write and produce. And 
truly this is, he's been a part of this since the beginning, you know, especially when it comes to BTS and just, he was almost in BTS. Uh, so he has written and helped produce some songs like No More Dream, No, Cypher Part 1, Cypher Part 2, Cypher Part 3. Uh, he even helped a little bit with like intro Boy Meets Evil, which I thought was interesting. So mm-hmm. th- this kind of uh, this Hobie Supreme Boy collaboration makes me feel like they're they're pretty close too. I know that Supreme Boy and Namjoon are fairly close, but like on Hobie's first mixtape, like he even featured Supreme Boy. Right. I, I would agree with that for sure. I think mm-hmm. like Supreme Boy's influence is definitely on a few of Hobie's songs. And I feel like we've seen them hanging out enough that we just know like they are they are for like legit friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but really what we've gathered from his style is he's like hip hop to the max. Uh, you know, oh, that yeah. Underground rap scene. That is a big part of his production style. And I guess we should all go look up his SoundCloud and definitely listen to KFC. <laughs> well, actually, of the three of the three that we mentioned, KFC, Photoshop, and Hawaii, Hawaii was my favorite. And Ooh. then when I went to his Twitter account, I'm pretty sure his like picture or his profile is like the Hawaii background. Oh. I also just wanted to add that he, just to talk about some of the newer songs that he worked on, uh, he worked on Persona, um, Love Yourself Answer. He worked on all the Love Yourself albums. Um, He worked on Fake Love and Airplane Part 2. I mean, Mm -hmm. he worked on a lot of like bigger songs too like he's he's in there but sometimes like if you look in the albums he's listed like closer to the end of the producers so if it's not like one of the super hype songs I'm not sure that he's working on it Mm -hmm. in as big of a capacity Mm -hmm. yeah so before moving on from Supreme Boy we just have to mention um just because I feel like we'd be kind of hiding information if we didn't yeah we'd be like beating around the bush of some controversial topics that have come up a fair amount within army yeah yeah we've like been beating around the bush the whole time that we've been talking about him just like yeah so there have been some scandals around supreme boy and that's why some armies and k-pop fans feel unfavorably towards him his previous rap crew dnh has been related to uh drug use and scandals and he also produced a song for the rapper iron uh that contained extremely foul messages including things like rape and not that like supreme boy knew what the lyrical content of the song was Mm going to be when he like produced it for him but like you know he might have been working on the production after the lyrics like are already in there so yeah and you guys can send us a message if you know but in terms of like the production of this song for iron i don't know if he was involved in the lyrics or if he was just involved in like the musical arrangement and composing of the song so maybe he wasn't involved in the lyrics and didn't know yeah but like can you really be like well he didn't know 
you know, or like, when I mean, he even if, even yeah, if like he worked on it and listened to it. Yeah. Right. Like he would have to, I'm sure listen, if he was working on it, like producing yeah. at a high level in that song, like where he's I working on it, giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah. have to like argue the other side too. Cause I know people are going to be saying that like he could have been yeah. producing it after he, like the lyrics already in it and he knows what's in it and he decided to still work on it and finish it. Like, can you really yeah. separate yourself and be like, well, I just, this was just my, my beat and my sounds that I wanted yeah. to put on it, you know, like, I yeah. don't know. No, I get um, that. Yeah, definitely. But just to add on, Iron was sentenced to a year in prison back in October of 2018 for assaulting and blackmailing an ex-girlfriend. So yeah. just not good things to be associated with. And no, like we're not saying that Supreme Boy did any of these things himself Mm -hmm. but there's definitely controversy behind this and people have their own feelings and opinions about it and we would I mean we had to talk about it and just I feel that we needed to mention it um my personal opinion I feel like I just and I think this goes for everyone we just don't know him personally uh it sounds like you know it would be unfair for me to make such an extreme judgment towards him like I just completely hate him or whatever like he's Mm -hmm. been associated with this when we really don't know the true detail behind a lot of it um but and it's impossible for us to know the true detail exactly yeah but I will say hearing these things and researching these things was kind of discouraging and we were like uh yeah kind of crappy but I do feel I will say this as an opinion. I feel that he maybe and does hang with like a rougher crowd or has in the past at least and then has become associated with bad people. Right. And I will say like, I think that the BTS members who we talk about being friends with them, Hosok, Namjoon, they both have very high standards. The type of people Mm -hmm. that they are and you know like who they truly are Mm -hmm. they i just don't believe that they would be friends with not just like i understand if it's a work thing like if you just Mm -hmm. they happen to work they they work on your music you work with them and you have no control over that but they're friends with him and i just can't imagine that they would be friends with him if he really was like this awful terrible like person that some people I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. And to like even go farther, he's still a part of Big Hit Entertainment. He still helps produce and write and compose all of these songs. So obviously even people like Bang Shi Yuk has some sort of like favor towards him and they want to keep him around. I feel that if he was a bad influence or was a crappy person or whatever, that he wouldn't fit within that 250 people Mm -hmm. team of big hit entertainment and uh, maybe just again to be the devil's advocate maybe that's giving this company (laughs) too much credit you know maybe it's not like a um, like companies don't follow moral standards they're a company they're Mm -hmm. a business ultimately they're making money and Mm -hmm. so i don't know if we should give the company big hit the benefit of the doubt to not have like to only have good people working for them or this idealistic thing that everybody mm-hmm. is going to have like this, these core values that we see in BTS. Like I, mm-hmm. I love the idea of that, but like when I often think things like that, people tell me I'm being too unrealistic. So you I just, so. yeah, I just, to me, I feel that big hit for how large of a company it has become 
to only have 250 employees. They can be selective. Yeah. I feel that they are selective. Yeah. And that they are only picking the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And I will also say, I brought this up during research, but um, Namjoon has had a problematic past with lyrics and Mm -hmm. he's had to apologize. He has apologized for lyrics and him and BTS, they talked to uh, women's studies uh, professors and they read books and they educated themselves on the things that they should be saying and doing to just be a normal person, you know, Mm -hmm. of like what I think everyday people expect like yeah. you to say and whatever yeah. act but um we're, we're such on we're such talking tangent, so much I even about have those, to add but... like even like hobie just thinking back to like debut pre-debut like we have seen hobie wearing like marijuana leaf sweaters and oh. like shirts that say keep one rolled and you know like it the whole drug use controversy that has been associated with supreme boy like in Korea, things yeah. like marijuana will get you in prison, yeah, which is insane to me. But, you know, like, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, like, my my kind of point was that Namjoon has had the platform and the reason to come out and, like, apologize for mm-hmm. wearing his hair in dreads or for having, like, problematic lyrics. But I don't think Supreme Boy has necessarily... A, been afforded that opportunity or B, really needed mm-hmm. to because he's not really in the spotlight. So he may he's have not changed completely. The source of these things. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he may not even be associated with those people anymore. And he, you know, even though his music style is like this heavy underground, like really hardcore style, that doesn't mean that his lyrics are like foul and like so negatively disgustingly themed you know like they can anyways huge we just had to address and talk about this so if we we didn't have many notes for this we just kind of just went on a whole (laughs) i like it but if we if we went on it's just because we wanted to be thorough and give a full understanding and i mean we don't we neither of us really like to pass really harsh judgment on people like it's just not fair and yeah it just wouldn't them. be fair to make that kind of judgment when you and really don't not, know them there's really not a lot of information about this and uh, you know and there's not a lot of information about all of these producers which is just <laughs> really shocking it's difficult. but also really kind of cool because i think it is a part of like big hit entertainment trying to keep the personal lives of their employees like separate from the spotlight i mean how weird would it be if you worked for a company and just random people in another country were trying to look up information about you like granted you are producing like art so people are gonna know your name but still Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) (laughs) so that was uh supreme boy overall i mean I, I love his music. We mm-hmm. can talk either way about background, but I think that he's definitely a big part in some of those more hype songs and a mm-hmm. good friend to the members mm-hmm. of BTS. Yeah. So let's talk about Slow Rabbit. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I've come to really love Slow Rabbit after Me this too. research, even though there's not that much on him. I was literally just going to say the same exact thing. I really have come to love him. Uh, yeah. So his birth name is Kwang Do Hyung, and he was born on June 8th in 1991, although there really is no clear source for this. The name of his studio is the Carrot Express, which I fucking love. The best. <laughs> the best fucking studio name. He's just for like, Slow I, Rabbit. <laughs> I just love how they have like themes like with their producer name and their studio name. And this is just truly one of the best. Um, mm. His social media Instagram is Slow Rabbit underscore no one and then his twitter is slow rabbit underscore no one again so i guess he's number one um (laughs) (laughs) so based on his name it is said that slow rabbit produces a more slower paced and emotion filled songs uh he has participated in almost all of bts's songs uh the list was crazy i was typing it out earlier and i just kept scrolling on the army amino page and i was like holy shit like i thought i'd be typing like you know not i mean not literally (laughs) it was like a hundred songs like it was so many songs um so anyways uh he has he helped yoongi on his mixtape and he's also been with big hit since before bts debuted uh, for this reason, because he's been there so long and he works on so many songs, sometimes people call him the eighth member of BTS, which uh, I just think is really cute. Like that's kind of that's like so giving special. him respect. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's because even after just doing this research, you and I both kind of like fell in love with him. We were like, wow, mm-hmm. I just love Slow Rabbit because I, I, he does give off that kind of like genuine uh just so grateful attitude for where he is and what he's been able to be a part of and i think that's a the similar attitude that bts has yeah and i think maybe that's why he's called the eighth member of bts because he just has that same attitude Mm, and he's just as heavenly involved in the music oh yeah uh, we we also have to talk about the friendship that has been cultivated between himself, P Dog, and Bang PD, um, because mm-hmm. we know they have all been working collectively for BTS's success for years since at least 2012. Right? They might have been mm-hmm. all of them with the company before that, but they've been collectively working on BTS for at least since then um they all also hang out outside of work um i found some pictures of them enjoying korean fried chicken and beer together Mm -hmm. and they were clearly like a little tipsy like people had like memed some of the the pictures they were like uh Mm -hmm. they put somebody posted the picture on twitter like one of them and was like tag yourself i'm bang pd and they all had like (laughs) very different faces on it was it was great, but like they're totally. Oh, you have to show me this picture. I'll have to find it Isn't again. The eating Korean fried chicken and like beer together—that's like a, it's a thing. A, some sort of tradition. Yeah, yeah. It's like a we're super friendly. Let's hang out. From what I have mm. acquiesced from K dramas, that's <laughs> you know about what I got. Um, and from it's like a comfort Hobie thing. And Yugi's and, yeah, love story. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Some shippers, right. <laughs> can i make it a single episode without talking about ships no. <laughs> so another thing i just 
I, the, the good things about Slow Rabbit just keep going on and on because he's also known to throw surprise birthday parties for other big hit staff. Like this is a thing that he's <sighs> known for. And like Sweetie. he doesn't just do the same thing every time, you know, he does like this thing for her and this thing for him. Yeah. And yeah. I just that is so sweet and so caring yeah. and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. So something really special that I think ARMY like just knows uh, is mm-hmm. when BTS won Artist of the Year for the first time at MAMA, there was this video of Slow Rabbit and he was crying. Like, I mean, he was really all of us in that moment. He was like wiping the tears away from his eyes and just kind of like... Ooh, but yeah I mean, and he's like get away get, get away. away like he's like turn the camera away <laughs> like he was full tears and what makes this so special is that like he in real time was watching them mm-hmm. at the the mama awards and to see that like the music he had written for like wings i oh, think this is God. when they yes i think they won this for blood sweat and tears that era wings era and like he just I mean, he lost soul it. tears oh, yeah. just streaming down his face. And and to see like the BTS members go up there and they're crying too when they won this award, that just goes to show how heavily involved he is in their music, how heavily involved he is like emotionally yeah, with, with BTS them and, and yeah. his work and what he produces. Wow. Like, it, I mean, that was an award for not only BTS, but I think for him as well, mm-hmm. because he's so heavily involved in their music. Yeah, that was definitely a big yeah. win for all of the producers. But I think uh, we definitely it was special that we got to see like slow rabbits uh, mm-hmm. kind of reaction and really just just the the love that and the joy that he must have had like mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. and the yeah. i don't know i mean bts was so surprised by that i can't imagine how he felt there like experiencing that watching it happen you know yeah god yeah yeah so getting into just a few songs that he has produced like we mentioned before he has more involvement in like slower tempoed songs. So he helped with the production of Four O'Clock, mm-hmm. So Far Away, A Supplemental Story, You Never Walk Alone, Outro House of Cards, uh, which God. we're all suckers for, don't deny it. Mm, so true. <laughs> he also helped with like Stigma, mm. uh, Epilogue, Young Forever, Autumn Leaves. Reflection, uh, uh, rain. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. Butterfly. I have to give that one a shout I out mean, too because that is just such a great song. But he, <laughs> he. <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> you skip that song every time it comes on. I give it credit. I give it credit. It is a really good song. It is just not my favorite. Yeah. I don't. But my Spotify is just so persistent that I need to love Butterfly. So it comes on every day. I turn BTS on shuffle. Yeah. I think that it song sucks. comes on I mean, every it single day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I. It is a good song. I think I'm just worn out on it. You know, like all of the BTS ballads that I love so much, like these. Mm-hmm. Those are slow rabbit songs, you know, like mm-hmm. fucking uh, mm-hmm. epilogue young forever Lost. that they just did Lost. at the concert. Lost. Oh, my God. Outro house of cards. Fuck. Like, you know, that song is so incredible. Love is not over and stigma. Like, just. Oh, my God. 
Autumn Leaves was one of my, like, <laughs> Autumn Leaves was my first, like, favorite song, like, that I was playing on repeat all the time. I couldn't get enough of mm-hmm. it. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Love Is Not Over is now permanently, like, one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Going back to Autumn Leaves, that really is one of their most underrated songs. Mm. Like, listening to the Autumn Leaves Empty Arena version on YouTube, mm-hmm. That is like, that just gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. I just love it so, so much. Yeah. And that song, like, I really should make a video of me in the car singing <laughs> to Autumn Leaves because, damn, that song is just, it's just so powerful. Yeah. It's a slower song, but it just, the production of it is incredible. I uh, I should make a video of Love Is Not Over because I cannot stop singing that one. Let's make that a goal because we need to do that. I can't do it in the car. It doesn't work. I'll just have to like sit and do it in my in my house. Like not in the car. The car is fun. For you patrons, videos of us singing these songs. Um, (laughs) But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was slow rabbit. Rabbit. Amazing. I'm really glad that we got to cover slow rabbit because I've been glad to cover all of the producers, but he was one that. I'm like, I really should know more about him, but mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, yeah. And we love him. We completely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So moving on to Adora. This is the last producer that we're talking about. Last, but certainly, certainly not least. Definitely not Her least. Her birth name is Park Suyun. We have no idea when she was born. Like there is such little information it on Adora. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And a little little sad, but it's okay. (laughs) We'll manage. (laughs) Some people speculate that she was born either in like 96 or 97. So she's kind of, she's fairly young. Yeah. Uh, The name for her studio is Adorable Traps, which I first found this out when looking at my uh, Persona Mm -hmm. album. I was like reading through it and it said studio adorable traps i thought oh my gosh that must be adora (laughs) i just i love that i love that so her social media accounts it's we have no idea we really don't know this is just the truth of it we have no idea because there are pictures of her and videos of her etc etc that have been posted by like Mm p-dog and other producers within the big hit family but the truth of it is, is like we have found multiple Instagram accounts, multiple Twitter accounts, especially Instagram, like Instagram stories that she's posted, etc. But like in terms of like the actual account name, we have no idea. So part of me gets the idea that she maybe doesn't want to be known yeah. and that she just is avoiding kind of being known by armies in terms of like her social media accounts, which yeah. is totally up to her. Like this is why we have private public, you know, things like that. But like, it's extremely hard for her because I think she has become loved by so many armies, mm-hmm. especially since like the recent Love Yourself answer album and so on. Really since Wings is when she's been around. But so social media, no idea. Just it's whatever. Yeah. It's not we, even that big of you a guys, deal. we literally just got off topic so much and spent like 10 minutes trying to be like, wait, I thought that was her Twitter. I thought that was her Instagram. It's not true. The Instagram or the Twitter (laughs) that I listed as a source at the top of the page was actually a fan account that I did get information about her from, but like, that's not her account. So 
We really. It's just really confusing because we have pictures of her and videos of her and her singing and her with even like the the big hit family and other producers like P-Dog. But like, it's just confusing. So whatever. We don't know her social media. I'm getting the idea that she maybe doesn't want to be known. So I'm just going to let it be. Yeah. All right. So Adora, she almost debuted as an idol, but she started working for big hit just around the Wings era is what we're gathering. And she is credited for producing mostly on Wings album and then getting into like Save Me era. Mm-hmm. Her style can be very flexible. Uh, she kind of completes the team and adapts as needed. So Supreme Boy, he's very hip hop. P-Dog is Fast paced, slow rabbit, of course, is slow and smooth. And then Adora comes in as this somewhat recent new producer, even though she's been around since Wings. Uh, but she's kind of provided any and all in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think she was like that missing puzzle piece yeah. to the Big Hit family. I think I yeah. love that that's why we're talking about her last. One of the many reasons why I love that we're ending on her. But um, she really is like that finishing piece of the producers Mm -hmm. that like they were really missing and I think she can just fit in anywhere or like in any application that she needs to be in and I just I think she's very skilled and she can work in many different elements and like genres um Mm -hmm. and as we'll talk about she also uh likes to likes to sing and she does like some backup vocals and that's really amazing also uh-huh, yeah, like she likes going and busking in the streets with her friends. She just did that like on June 3rd, like very recent. She also recently posted a video of her covering Honey by Kalani and her voice. Oh, her voice. Like we can go on and on about this because we've gotten to hear it, mm-hmm. fortunately, in uh, a handful of BTS songs. But her voice is just so wonderful. And we were kind of talking about how to describe it. A lot of people have described it different ways, but it's, it's just beautiful. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into yeah. that. Um, I just love that cover that she did the way that they did it. I don't know if you watched the video, but like her and her friends, like her friend was playing guitar and she was sitting there, but like their, their heads were cut off. So this is another thing where I'm like, she probably does want to be private because you couldn't see her face. And, uh, Mm -hmm. but her, her voice was just so beautiful. And I think the name of the song, honey, just like describes her voice Uh, in that song when she's singing it. Um, Mm -hmm. just loved it. But as we were kind of touching on, she features, uh, as some backup vocals, uh, most prominently, like what we really have heard a lot is Seesaw. She's definitely in Seesaw. Mm -hmm. Um, she's also in 13 43 maybe like during he's she's like the one talking during yoongi's verse mm-hmm. that's what we think i i mean yeah. i watched a compilation video a few different ones of like hidden or background vocals with adora and that one kept coming up so i don't know who else it would okay, be anyways yeah. i i don't either so yeah, yeah. i agree um yeah. people also kind of say like she's in the back of serendipity epiphany daydream which would all make really good sense because she has like this beautiful kind of like light voice that can float on top and get some of those like really higher notes but it's you know it just perfectly lays over what they're doing um and Mm -hmm. like she harmonizes along with their rap or along with what they're singing which is it's really good 
Um, but overall, it is kind of hard to find the specific songs that she provides backup vocals on. And the truth is, there are just probably so many. Um, mm-hmm. We recently heard her on Home, uh, in the chorus of Home. And there's yeah. this hidden vocal track that I found this tweet on Twitter. And I'm going to pull it up because I want to play it for you guys. Just because you can really hear her at the end. And I also think that this hidden track video in uh in general sounds really cool okay so i actually tweeted this last week when i saw on twitter i said do y'all hear adora near the end uh so i'm gonna play this for you guys it's like a 30 second video i'm just gonna hope that it works out here is this background vocals of this song and listen for adora near the end Like, I totally, I hear her so much now that it's pointed out that, oh, Adora Mm -hmm. is on this. And I'm like, wow. And it just sounds so beautiful. And it's like the perfect addition to that. Like, it just, Mm -hmm. it's perfect. And you know what? It also, like, provides kind of a harmonization or what a melody for, like, us to sing along to because I think regardless of us trying to or not it kind of stands out like now that we know it and we hear it like I feel like mm-hmm. we're gonna pick up on it more oh yeah definitely mm-hmm. especially like going back to seesaw like you really can hear her in that oh yeah uh, and then definitely what you just played like the hidden background vocals within you know home we really do hear her mm-hmm. and I I I love it. I love that they are featuring her more in the background vocals because she does bring so much depth mm-hmm. to to the song, even though she's just in, you know, the, the hidden vocals, those background vocals that we don't really hear unless we're f- truly f- trying to hone in on yeah. them. And I mean, I think like we tend to not think about background vocals in the lens of K-pop like we do in Western music because like there's seven of them, right? So we think all seven of, seven mm-hmm. of them should be able to handle everything that they need to sing. But that's just not true. And every artist mm-hmm. in the United States has backup singers and backup vocals when they're touring, when they're recording. And so I just like wanted to point that out as we go over that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so i also saw a comment just to describe her voice a little bit and i'm so sorry i do this every time i see a comment randomly somewhere in research and it's in my mind but i don't write it down so it was somewhere (laughs) on twitter or instagram or youtube i'm sorry um but it described her voice as having a lavender quality in seesaw which yeah oh my god when when I saw that, that just really stuck out to me. And I said, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's funny about this is like when you and I were texting part of this episode, you were just like talking about Adora and how much you love mm-hmm. her. And I was like, yes, I love her too. And blah, blah, blah. And we were just kind of texting back and forth. And I said, I saw somewhere on Twitter, someone described her voice in some sort of way, like caramelized or honeydew or something like that. And then you were like, you mean lavender? Like you were like, I saw this, this person who had described her voice as lavender. And I thought, okay, caramelized honeydew aside, lavender is 
such a great description Mm -hmm. to describe her voice because she is, her voice is calming, Mm -hmm. but powerful. And it is also very strong, Mm -hmm. but relaxing and like present. When you like, oh my God, when I texted you lavender (laughs) and you texted that back to me, I was like, that is literally the best. That is the perfect description. I love love relaxing, but present because that is lavender. Like it's soothing, but you can smell it and it's strong. And and that is really her voice. Like it has that calming, relaxing effect, but it's like, you can hear Mm -hmm. it. It's there. And, and you notice it. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely love that description of her voice. Mm-hmm. All right. Getting into some of the songs that she's produced. She's helped produce Spring Day, Not Today, Best of Me, and Interlude, Outro Wings, along with Serendipity, Intro, Ring Wanderung, 134340, So What, Magic Shop. And then she has also co-produced Hope World. So she has like definitely a large range, like not today to ring wanderung to serendipity to hope world, like all very different. And Mm -hmm. those are barely even scratching the surface of the songs that she's, Mm -hmm. that she's worked on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is totally sidebar too, but like (laughs) I look at how she's become, she's more recent in terms of like the big hit family and producers. But then you look at the more recent BTS and you, you see how much better Mm -hmm. even recent BTS is. And I think that like part of that could be contributed to Adora and her production and her contribution to their music. I wonder if they were like, look at our fan base. Let's bring in someone representative of our fan base to make music fucking yeah 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 so i really it's a smart move yeah i mean they again (laughs) it's a business and that's a really smart move um yeah i just really want to talk about as we've stated we love her we have fallen in love with adora Mm -hmm. so i want to talk about how much of a badass she is just by putting what she does in a little bit of context so This is from the research from the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, which is a global think tank for representation in music and media. And they said 73.8% of female songwriters only worked once in six years, 7.9% worked two times, and 4.3% worked three times in six years, less than 6% of female songwriters had six or more credits across the t- sampled time frame. That is insane wow. to me. Wow. To think that only like less than three fourths of female songwriters have worked once in six mm-hmm. years. Once. Yeah. And that it just drastically cuts from there. Yeah. That's that's crazy to me or i mean even if you're looking at this is a span of six years so if you're thinking one song a year because less than six percent had six or more credits so maybe you had one song yeah. a year maybe you had a year with one or two or three but that's less than six percent of female songwriters and adora is existing in this industry adora has produced about 20 songs over the past three or four years since working with Big Hit Entertainment. 
And in a country rated lowest for friendliness of women in the workplace due to the low numbers of women in high positions. God. I mean, another thing that she's up against. And there's like, I read... 20 songs in four years. Like, looking at those statistics, that seems impossible. It's crazy. Impossible. I went through and I I found a few different, like, lists of songs that she's credited for working on, for either producing or singing on. And it is quite a lot. Um, She has produced on so many songs and really just from being with big hit with you know like wings era it's crazy to me um you know she is also most likely working for less money than her male counterparts at big hit entertainment as the gender wage gap in korea uh can result in men earning 33.6 to 46.9% more than women yeah. in the same role. Almost, you know, See, that's crazy. This is what almost infuriates 50, me. You could almost this infuriates me. 50% more on the high end. Um, although I will say that those numbers are like 18 years old, like when the last census about it was taken. Oh, really? So more uh, recent numbers, but they're not like official numbers, have leaned towards the lower end of that scale, like more around like yeah. 35. But still, yeah. for, percentage for has gone down, but still, that's still significant. 35% yeah. more. You know, that's very significant. I'm angry about just the fact that in my profession, I know that males are paid more. Mm-hmm. And it is. Like, why? I'm over here mad about, like, women making 77 cents on the dollar that men make in the States, and I'm not thinking about 35, somebody making 35% more than me just because of, yeah, just because of. Gender. Gender. Yeah. And we're working in the same industry. So, Adora is out here working her ass off. (laughs) Stupid. And (laughs) killing the game producing all these songs and singing backup vocals and just Mm -hmm. being adorable and amazing and incredible. Yeah. So this is just another like kind of tidbit about gender inequality and like the workplace and stuff. But in their 2013 paper, Patterson and Walcott found that gender inequality in the workplace stems from quote, a lack of legal enforcement, a weak punishment system, a tactic acceptance of the status quo of women, organizational cultural issues stemming from the traditional Korean mindset that allow gender discrimination and a general lack of knowledge about equal opportunity regulations by many companies. So it's not that it's illegal you know it's or it's not that it's legal for her to be making so much less money like she should be but this these policies are not very enforced in many companies not be making less money right she should not be and i mean like we don't know if she is but like this is just statistics that i found and just the way that the world works i think it would be Mm -hmm. silly to not think okay she might like And also being like such a newcomer and being so young and not being associated with Big Hit or BTS from like debut. Yeah. Yeah. So I think generally just, you know, her based on experience is probably paid less as well. But yeah, I'd like to think that Big Hit Entertainment is above that and progressive and is paying her the same as the other producers or, you know, almost as much as the other producers. Comparable for the amount of time that she worked there. Experience. Yeah, experience. Yeah. 
but um but i mean not on not based on gender right but i also want to point out like a big positive and that like she's kind of um really being a representation for women out there in the music industry because especially in korea because as recently as 2017 88.1% of females in Korea in the workforce were concentrated in the service industry. Uh, And I would also like to point out that this trend doesn't apply to any men in the same industry. There's no other industry made up of like 88% men only. Um, But this is kind of important to point out because it is not common to have a producer at the level that she is producing at. And no, she is, she doesn't have like years and years and years and years and years of experience like P dog or slow rabbit. But like Mm -hmm. she obviously is incredibly talented. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely has to be (laughs) for, for big hit entertainment to have brought her on. Oh yeah. And to have featured her and and their songs and be so involved in their production of their music, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she's a badass. She is a badass. We love her. We. She has a group of stands called Adorables. I'm an adorable so now. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Like, there's not much about her, but I'll follow everything. Like, I just think yeah. I just really want her to be very successful because I think she's working I for. I think it. she's a role model. I think, yeah, and I think she deserves it. Maybe she doesn't know it. I hope she does, mm-hmm. but she has become a role model to a lot of armies. Yeah, and even other like producers in the K-pop industry, female producers for sure. in the K-pop industry, other people who yeah. want to get into it and produce at the level that she's doing at like she is that Mm -hmm. you know hey somebody else is doing it i can do it you know Mm -hmm. super cool wow all right so that was our episode on bts and like big hit producers it was long awaited sorry it took us so long to finally do this episode i mean 70 70 episodes Uh, But we finally did it, and I'm glad we finally got to it. I feel that it's very special that it was our 70th episode because all of the big hit producers deserve a round of applause because the music that we so much love and enjoy, they are all greatly contributed to these songs, Mm -hmm. and without them, they wouldn't exist. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's. I mean, it's just so true and we have so much to thank them for and for working alongside bts and helping their vision of what they want to make and the music that they want to put out come to life yeah 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 so if you guys enjoyed this episode or if you've enjoyed (laughs) any of our other episodes uh there's a few things you can do to let us know Again, writing a review on iTunes or really whatever platform you listen on is huge. It means a lot to us and it helps people find us. And it also helps us build the prospect of maybe getting sponsored one day. Um, Yeah, hopefully. We really just have to thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts Mm -hmm. for all of the support and the kind reviews that we've gotten. Um, And we also would love to hear from you. So you can let us know what you think about this episode. If you have any other information or questions tidbits that you want to share um or you know what you think about any of our previous episodes reach out to us on email or on social media and you can find links for all of those things in the description thanks for listening and thanks for standing bts